What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. What is up? Welcome back to Tomahawked. I am your host, Rob Fox, joined as always by Dan Holloway. We're here to talk some Braves baseball, and we're almost matching today. Uh, yeah, almost. I should have brought my hat, the yeah, one that you, didn't fit your head. Yeah, you're, uh, you've got a big noodle. So I did it with, uh, I actually bought two of these as well. Because I wasn't sure of the size. I don't know. For some reason, the sizes are inconsistent on, on some of these products. But um, I bought a large and an XL. The XL was too big, so I gave it to Ross. You, you got fucked on that one. If the, yeah. if the XL had fit me, I would have given you the large. Fuck. and You would have had the full setup. God damn it, Nike. Uh, is it Nike? I would assume so. Fucking I think it is. They do, they're, they're just like stealing all the MLB. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're stealing all the MLB stuff. These things are really nice, too. I like these. They I mean, you can good. tell. You can, you can really feel... The slave labor in them. <laughs> it's top tier stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, Adidas, they're not, they're just not doing it right. No, no, they don't, they need more slaves. I've said that forever. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, got some stuff to talk about today. Obviously, look, there's only one thing to really talk about right now, and that's Spencer Strider. Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty good baseball player, pitcher. I believe he plays. Yes, he is a thrower. Uh, I think he throws as they, baseballs, yeah. as they say in the uh, baseball league. Uh, Spencer Strider was what three innings from a perfect game and about one point one innings from a no hitter. Yeah, he. Uh, it's funny the same pitch that he spoiled. Uh, Gene Segura uh, in the eighth inning hit kind of a bloop single off a low and away slider. That almost the same pitch in the same location. Um, from Charlie yesterday in the sixth inning, I think he grounded out second base was I think what Strider was looking for. Yeah, or just a strikeout. Gene Segura, you don't strike out very much. He's yeah. one of the hardest people in baseball to strike out. So, you know, in hindsight, the kid is a perfectionist. Um, I heard um, Glavin talking about it last night at some point during the broadcast about how he was like. Yeah, that was a good game. I'm, I was just like kind of focused on a couple of mistakes that I can correct. Like that's that's a fucking winner right there. That's what you want to hear. Which is funny because he's from Gen Z, and right. a total, uh, uh, pardon the phrase, but a total libtard. Right? <laughs> Not that I care. I mean, like conservative people would fucking look at his uh, social media probably and be like, oh, "This guy's fucking libtard." Right. But he is a goddamn animal out there. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what he believes. He could be a fucking devil worshiper as long as he keeps <laughs> fucking striking people out. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, he is like, I, like I, I, I love how competitive he is, and and that mm-hmm. is the type of thing too, where you see it from some dudes who are are also that competitive, but they um they just kind of let it fly and they rely on their athleticism mm-hmm. and their God given talent, um, or they rely on that and then they don't develop their work ethic. They they sometimes develop the work ethic, but it's not till a little later. Yeah. He has clearly had that work ethic. Uh, for a long, long time. And actually, here's a good comp. I, th- there's a great article on Max Scherzer from years ago, mm-hmm. uh, probably like six or seven years ago. When he, uh, and and I, I think it was either ESPN or Sports Illustrated. 
and it was kind of a human interest piece slash baseball piece on him on mm-hmm. Scherzer. So, uh, and, and like the big, it all centered kind of around his his Scherzer's brother like killed himself at some point mm-hmm. while Scherzer was I think in the minors. Um, he came up with uh, the Tigers, right? D backs. Oh, he came up with the D backs. Yeah. Okay. Um, so while Scherzer was at Mizzou, he was a really highly touted player there as well, right? Like he was a high draft pick mm-hmm. and all that stuff. While he was at Mizzou, his brother, uh, who you know he grew up with in St. Louis, obviously mm-hmm. a huge baseball fan, um, but obviously you know not Max, right? Not not going to play. But he was a huge baseball fan, um, I guess more in the way I am. Like he was really into analytics and stats and read Moneyball and all that stuff like that. And um, he got Max in college, I think it was in college really hooked on all that type of shit like spin rate all mm-hmm. all types of like uh the the um the analytics on when you should throw what pitch when you know like all that type of stuff not just like pitching with feel or pitching with yeah, scout yeah. but also using numbers uh, and Scherzer credited he was Scherzer was already not necessarily a hall of famer at that point but a multiple time Cy Young winner at that point and Scherzer was like I wouldn't be where I am without having started started to understood this stuff mm. earlier and I think there's a lot of players who um, might they have to look at it because the team puts it in front of them now, sure, yeah. but they don't necessarily get super into that type of stuff in like and or into the scout into the tapes until a little bit later. And it's clear that Spencer has that sort of like not just the jock worth work ethic of working out, locating, having good sessions, but the sort of nerd work ethic of studying, doing what is obviously the more boring part of things. Yeah, but he's a fucking nerd, right? I mean, you should expect he that. He's got. Um, He's got Nolan's arm and Maddox's fucking brain, it seems like, which is going to be dangerous for the league. I hope so. That just made me pretty horny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's That's... on pace for 370 strikeouts this year. Right the now. record's what, like, it's Nolan's, well, the, the modern record is like 380 383, something. 383, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 383, and uh, I think Nolan had 370-something once, and then uh, Koufax is 382, but nobody else has gone above, like, the the low to mid threes really so he's got a he's got a shot to to have a really historic season right now but it's even from the beginning from his first couple of starts of this season which were not bad yeah I mean they, they he, every one of his starts he's struck out at least nine people so he hasn't had a bad start he got I think he got dinged up a little bit in one of them but you can see a couple of things progressing right now one he's attacking the zone more with two strikes especially instead mm-hmm. of wasting pitches or maybe his purpose pitches are closer to the zone to elicit more swings instead of just like being a show me pitch Um, because he would a lot of times whether it was the slider or the fastball i just kind of remember like when he threw it high mm, it was high yeah right like it was like uh, come on you're not fooling anybody yeah i mean if it's at your eyes you're not going to swing at it if it's your shoulders you might right right. if it's at your titties you're definitely going to swing at it so um He's doing a much better job at that. He's doing a much better job of getting ahead in counts. I mean, just fucking painting the black 98 is who's going to hit that? There's nothing he's not going to hit it. So um, he's, uh, he's 23, 24. How old is he? Strider is 24 and a half. Okay. Well, good luck. I mean, if this kid <laughs> stays healthy, he's got a good shot. There's, there's, a couple of records that are completely unbreakable. Like nobody's going to beat Nolan strikeout all time strikeout record because you're just not going to throw that many innings over no. the course of your career. He I mean, it would be you would have to be like Strider and somehow like average five innings and ten strikeouts, which was kind of his mo last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also pitch till you're like 45. Yeah, um, and also have started. I mean, Nolan technically started at 19. He he didn't pitch all that much 
It was he was mostly a reliever. I think he threw like forty innings or fifty innings in his first season. People forget he was on the Miracle Mets yeah. of '69. Yeah, and then at '70 during spring training, he fucking snap or no '68. So before that, he he tore his forearm ligament, mm-hmm. um, and he had come back from that. So technically, he could have started at 18 to yeah. be honest. But um, he didn't really start getting great until he moved to California. Yeah, he um, didn't do much on the Mets that first go around. Yes, so I guess maybe, but still putting up numbers. I mean, still striking out 150 or so a year, which yeah. is, you know, it adds to your total. But, um, yeah, it, nobody's going to catch that one, but there is one that I think Strider can catch, and it's the most seasons with 300 or more strikeouts. That's six right now by, okay. by Nolan. Um, I think he could do that one if he stays healthy because he's probably going to strike out 250-plus in just a generic year. Right. So anytime he has a good year over the next 10 years or so, he's got an outside shot at that one. That would be interesting to see that. And, well, and again. Because the only person that's even close is Randy Johnson. He's got four. Yeah. And given the era, right. Yeah. Like that's the fact that people do swing and miss more now. And so here's what's still crazy to me. I mean, look, Strider right now, he's already 1.3 wins above replacement, uh, which puts him in the top five Mm -hmm. in in wins above replacement for fan graphs. 14.7 strikeouts per nine innings which is obscene it's pretty wild um only a 245 batting average on balls in play against him so you know he's eliciting good contact luck and but he's eliciting good or bad contact i guess you you could say but what's still interesting to me is that it just doesn't he still seem like so raw like it it he doesn't mm. he still doesn't seem polished no he's putting the the physical stuff together. So the instinct to attack the zone, the instinct to um, to get ahead and counts early in the game and try to be economical and stuff like that is starting to come to him now. But the approach still, like learning the hitters, learning their weaknesses and attacking their weaknesses on a regular basis, I still don't see him doing that. Yeah. And, you know, for a, all, all things being equal, for a pitcher of his talent – uh, his natural talent, especially you, you might not expect that to come as you said until like the late twenties or early thirties when his, you know, he starts to fucking slow down a little bit. But it's not the kind of guy he is. So I expect even throughout this season that he's going to continue to progress and start to once he feels comfortable with the adjust, mechanical adjustments he's made. I don't know if you've noticed, but he's got a bit in an even wider stance now for his initial delivery yeah uh, i don't know what the that. purpose of that was maybe it's to stay closed longer or something he feels mm. like he's dragging the bar uh, uh, uh letting his front side get ahead of him and, and that's why that fastball is going a little higher than he wants it yeah on those pitches uh, who knows right i'm just speculating but once he feels comfortable in this stuff a brain like his he's going to start trying to figure some other shit out too and what's interesting i've noticed the last couple uh starts of his uh in, in particularly the um start where he almost had the no hitter um he is still obviously throwing gas, but like I'm seeing more 96s, mm-hmm. right? Like last year, it was all 98, 99, 100, 101 a couple times. Um, but I was seeing more like 95, 96, 97. Yeah. And <clears throat> that tells me like he obviously hasn't lost velocity. No, he, 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 no, he definitely hasn't, but. Right. But so what I'm, that tells me he's trying to pitch more in control. I mean, even well, maybe in control and maybe to show the hitter a little bit different look, too. Yeah. Right? I mean, he doesn't throw anything two-seam. It's all four-seam fastball. So um, if you can throw uh, a four-seam fastball at 98 and another one at 94, that doesn't sound like that much. But that's 
that's the difference between hitting the barrel sometimes and hitting off the end of the bat of the label or mm-hmm. missing entirely, right? Or or weak, just generating weak contact in general. Maddox used to do that shit all the time. Maddox, oh, yeah. Maddox had three pitches. He threw a sinker. Well, actually, he threw a sinker cutter. It just depends on which finger he put pressure on. Uh, uh, there's a video of him on YouTube somewhere explaining how instead of the way guys do it now, I don't have a baseball here, but instead of a closed finger sinker like this, uh, where you're on one of the seams and you're just riding the ball down so it fucking, you know, kind of makes that movement one way or another, or the cutter where you're kind of on the side of it a little bit and throwing it that way. He used a regular two-seam fastball grip and used the pressure on his fingers. Now, I don't know if he could replicate that. That dude's a, an alien. Right. Um, but he threw those two pitches, a kind of get-me-over curveball and the best changeup we've probably ever seen. Yeah. Um, but he threw his fastball both the cutter and the uh, sinker at two different speeds. So technically that's four pitches, five and six. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For a guy that knew how to use them. I mean, he was the type of guy. Well, and the reason I, I mentioned him throwing Strider, you know, dropping down to 96 or whatever, 95, is um, that is something I, I remember Maddox doing quite a bit, right? Like, So Maddox technically had the velocity to throw like 92, 93. But he mm-hmm. always threw 88 to 90, and then sometimes you would see that fastball in there at 86. Because, like, like even bet- – because I think a lot of people without knowing that pitcher, having seen that pitcher, would think changing speeds just means he was switching between his fastball and his changeup. But that wasn't it. Yeah. He would, he would just throw it a little easier and then mm-hmm. mix, like you said, the pressure on the fingers and then also throw the changeup to mix the speed and the look and the movement even mm-hmm. more. And so I saw that from Strider, and I was just like, like, he's – putting together a full repertoire right yeah. now without, by the way, having actually added a pitch. Yeah. So his numbers between 2022 and 2023 for pitch type are identical in terms of he's only throwing three pitches and he's really only throwing two pitches, right? right yeah. So in 2022, uh, Strider threw the fastball 67% of the time. Um, in 2023, he's thrown it 60% of the time. The slider is the other one. Threw it 28% of the time last year. He's thrown it 35% of the time this year. So he clearly, A, has more confidence in the slider. B, they're probably telling him to throw it more. Yeah. Um, it's not just like a switch. You know, I, like, it, it, it's funny that the pitcher whose repertoire I find the most similar to Strider's is, is prime Craig Kimbrell. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's the same thing, right? It's a fucking 99-mile-an-hour fastball and then just a filthy... I think Kimbrell's was technically a curve, but it just looked like a slider. But I think uh, uh, um, Striders is a slider. But then, and then the changeup is—he's uh, throwing it a little less this year, actually, four point three percent of the time instead of four point eight. But you didn't see him experiment or like vary speed on the fastball that much last year. It was always just letting it fucking rip. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I th- the variable speed, the the real benefit of um, of that and Charlie Morton does it with his curveball too every mm-hmm. now and again he'll lollipop one in there instead of having a sharp breaker even when you know that that pitch is coming you can't necessarily sit on a speed that's I think that's the real benefit um, but you know the biggest this is the best this is obviously the best game he's ever pitched I don't think anybody could oh, debate yeah. that uh, 101 pitches 81 strikes it's insane that's uh, that's pretty incredible. And I mean, he wasn't getting. I mean, well, he was getting them, but he wasn't uh, hunting for swings out of the zone. 
He was just mm-hmm. peppering the strike zone. Yeah, I wonder. I haven't looked. I'm sure uh, somebody's got a breakdown of this, but I wonder how many of the strikeouts were in the zone versus out of the zone. I know there was a couple of sliders low and away that he yeah, got people he, on. I, I want to say they were all swinging strikeouts at one point. He, that might not have been the case by the end of the game, but I think when he had gotten around 10, because he had 13 that game, mm-hmm. maybe. I think when, at, at, when he had gotten his 10th, um, what's-his-face, the new announcer, had noted that they were all swinging strikes or swinging strikeouts. And then, ironically, Segura swings at a, a sort of strikeout waste pitch in the dirt, basically. I mean, that was that was like an obvious ball that he mm-hmm. just tracked with his bat, like of all the pitches to lose a no-hitter on. Yeah. Um, but, man, that, again, Strider's mental work ethic is so exciting, and his... The fact that he like, he is a nerd, like he presents like a jock, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He presents just like a wild man, but like inside, like he really is like a, a geeky guy mm-hmm. uh, who, and I guess a bit of a perfectionist that just wants to fucking dominate, which I mean, holy shit, dude. I mean, he, he this is going to be the type of thing this year in particular, maybe where, you know, like when we had Maddox Glavin Smoltz, Maddox wasn't always the best pitcher, uh, like in 96, like I think Smoltz had. The, the best year that was the year that Smoltz won the yeah the but I think they did have seven Cy Youngs in a row for the Braves it, was, but it wasn't always the same guy right 91 was Glavin 92 was Maddox in Chicago oh that's right yeah so it split it up but technically it was those three guys for seven years yes basically yeah yeah um but man yeah I mean that's just so fucking exciting so I'm interested to see so keep an eye on that uh if you're a Braves fan you're listening to the show I suppose you are um on Strider um changing speeds on his fastball because mm-hmm. that really struck me because i mean i saw that in like the third inning i was like he's obviously not fucking tired um so that's exciting that's interesting the slider i don't think much has changed aside from just usage right he's just using it more um and potentially have you seen him using it more like early in counts i i, I don't i haven't really noticed um you know i have I'd, I'd have to go back and look um i was so caught up in just how dominant he was i wasn't really paying attention to the pitch mix <laughs> But it is something that uh, you see veteran pitchers do uh, third time through the lineup. They'll start pitching backwards a lot. Yeah. And it depends on the hitter, too. Like, um, Soler looked lost on that slider all night. And he's that dude's got the – I think he has the best bat speed in all of baseball, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he – I'm pretty sure he's got the the highest bat speed. So it's like I can get a fastball by him, but, you know – probably just throw that slider because yeah. if he makes contact somebody's gonna die yeah i say um, solaire connects with a strider fast oh i'd love to see that i would i would i would take that if we're already up like eight nothing fuck yeah it. um do you think he still needs a third pitch uh that he can use more than four percent of the time is he gonna develop it does it feel like the changeup is the right one i mean you you've been saying what uh forkball or splitter i think a forkball or splitter makes more sense um fastball slider changeup I'm trying to think of a pitcher, a dominant pitcher who's had that particular mix. And I guess Scherzer. Yeah. Um, but Smoltz threw fastball slider fork ball. Mm-hmm. Or, or it was kind of a splitter, I guess. Yeah. It was more, less of a fork ball, but more of a splitter. But I just think it comes out of the hand the same. Um, and then falls off the table. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's, it's essentially a changeup. It's just got more downward break on it. I think the eye line of the fastball versus the forkball works a little bit better than the changeup. That's yeah. my opinion. When you're, when you, when velocity is the mm-hmm. key, because obviously Maddox and Glavin threw fastballs most of the time, but it wasn't yeah. velocity was not. And he's, yet. it's, it is interesting. I, I don't think he's very comfortable with that 
with that change up because it's quite a bit slower than you would expect. It's like 84, yeah. right? 84 to 86, and you would expect it to be 88 to 90 based on how f- fast he throws mm-hmm. the ball. Uh, um, like a guy, it's usually about an 8 to 10 mile per hour difference and not 15 or whatever the fuck, right. or, or 14, I guess. Um, uh, and I don't know what the average speed of his changeup is, but the times that I'm paying attention, it's usually around 84. Um, that's I, I, that, that seems wrong to me. <laughs> You know like I mean? how could it be that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's just he's he, it. It isn't the same arm action is yeah. what it makes me think. Which is gonna like maybe you can get away with that for a while, but I don't care how fast you throw if you're tipping. Major League Baseball hitters are gonna figure it out at some point, and that it essentially makes that pitch useless anyways. Right. Um. But you know, it's, again, he's still young. He's still working on that. Maybe it works out for him at some point. Yeah. I mean, and Rick Kranitz has been great with working with mm-hmm. the young pitchers, so I'm excited to see that. Uh, real quick, by the way, I noticed last night because um, I you, you mentioned before the show started that Charlie Morton's having like maybe his best professional season ever so far, which is hilarious. But um, man, that guy's still got velocity himself. Yeah, he's he's uh, pretty effortlessly throwing in the mid to high 90s. Yeah, I think I saw like a 96 or a 98 mm-hmm. last night at some point. It was just like, God damn, Charlie. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, he hasn't had any major injuries lately, so he hasn't like cleaned up. He hasn't had TJ or anything, right? No, I think his last injury was in the World Series mm-hmm. with his with the his leg. leg. Yeah. And I wonder if that affected him last year at all. With um, maybe, I mean, it's his landing leg, right? I think Plant so. Yeah. Leg. So yeah, that's going to affect you because that in your pitching mechanics that essentially acts like a fulcrum and not only transitions the energy from your uh, backside to your front side as you're throwing, it also May, it also takes some of the strain off of your arm, yeah. I think, and that's probably why you saw a little bit of dip in velocity because he's you can feel it, like you and you start holding back a little bit. Uh, yeah. Probably also why he couldn't find a good release point for his curveball last year. Hasn't had that much of an issue with it this year. No, I mean, enough. yeah, relatively small sample size, but he's mm-hmm. looked like the exact Charlie Morton you'd want. Maybe still a little expensive. Yeah, but I mean that's that's the economics of baseball. Right. To be honest, you're not going to get a guy like that that's got World Series experience for two to three different teams and not pay for him. Right, it's just the way it is. Is what it is, mm-hmm. and it's a one year deal, I think. Right? Yeah, they're all, one year. I, yeah, it's all one year deals. So, whatever. Uh, next up, we have another uh, strikeout leader for the Braves. Um, unfortunately, uh, Matt Olson, I believe, is leading the league in strikeouts right now. He was the last time I checked. Um. He's on pace for 257 right now. Yeah. He's striking out 34.5% of the time. Uh, he is currently hitting in the two-hole. This is about 10% higher than last year's mm-hmm. rate. Um, is this a problem for the two-hole hitter? Do you have a problem? Because he also, I, I, you know, his on-base percentage is still 380. No, I don't think so. I mean, he's driving in runs at a very high rate. Um in a in a prototypical lineup, you would definitely want a guy who's gonna make contact, hit the ball to the right side of the infield to move that runner around. Mm-hmm. But it's Ronald Acuna, and he's just stealing every base right now. Right, and he's got thirteen steals and even caught twice yeah. so far. If he keeps that, it, it's it's the negative impact of that is I think nullified by Acuna's ability. Um, and I don't think it'll last either. I mean, he's always been a guy that strikes out a lot. That's nothing new. Um, yeah, so that's what I – I mean, That's it's funny because we talked about it last year when we started watching Matt Olson every day for the first time, and it's like, man, his swing 
looks so long because he's so kind of lanky, mm-hmm. but he does get the bat into the zone. Whereas, like, Freddie always had yeah. – you always felt like Freddie had cut full coverage of the zone because he, he had a shorter swing. And um, But, I mean, yeah, Olsen, it's, it's interesting. Like, he is striking out a shit ton, but – 382 on base percentage. That's exactly what you want out of your two hole hitter. Um, that's a great on base percentage. He's hitting 261, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's not, you know, you don't, Olsen's not the type of guy you need to hit 310 or anything no. like that. Um, the WRC plus is at 148, which puts you at uh, elite. I mean, that, you're an elite hitter at that mm-hmm. point. Um, and interestingly, this is the other interesting thing I found. So the strikeout thing, that sucks, I guess. And hopefully that drops. Like I said, he's. I guess his career worst was 31%, but that was in 2020, um, the COVID year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Fuck it. Throw, throw that out. That Marcelo Zuna was a god in 2020, so not necessarily too concerned about that. But um, his his Babbitt, his batting average on balls in play right now, 375, which is if – he, if he puts the ball, bat on the ball, he's hitting 375. So that to me, that's where I wonder uh, if, you know, if he has more bat on ball uh, uh, in, you know, moving forward. Um, is he just, when he's striking out, is he missing the holes that he now gets because the shift isn't there anymore? Or is it, um, I mean, is it, is it, is, the strikeouts is, is he hitting 375 because he's seen the ball so hard and the strikeouts are just a byproduct of, you know, barreling the ball like that yeah it's a good question i don't know it's hard to tell to be honest um his strike this is the highest strikeout rate of his career um also the highest walk rate of his career Mm -hmm. so he's seeing a lot of pitches i guess um his exit velocity is higher this year than it's ever been uh hard hit rate is pretty consistent with his career line drive rate is the highest it's ever been ground ball rate is the second lowest it's ever been so he's he's elevating the ball quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. So you can't like if I if I looked down at this and saw his ground ball rate like last year his ground ball rate was thirty nine point three percent the year before forty percent. If I saw that in the same area, I would think okay maybe it's the shift or maybe he's getting lucky on some hard hit balls that he wasn't getting lucky on before. Baseballs like that. Yeah. I think Bull Durham did a bit on that like one extra dribbler a week. Right. When you're hitting three hundred instead of two fifty. Um, but. His his uh, real on base percentage is three ninety eight. His isolated uh, 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 power is two eighty three. So it's like these numbers tell me that he's just hitting hard line drives and fly balls okay. when he makes contact. Yeah, and I think if you look at the higher strikeout rate, what he's probably doing is guessing more, not guessing but making more educated guesses and selling out early on pitches so he can barrel them mm-hmm. and hit them hard rather than trying to make weak contact. You, one, thing I, one thing I've noticed with him too, and this might explain the walk rate, um, is he seems to be not uh, – this is anecdotal, so I'd have to look at numbers. But from what I've watched, if, if he's not – if he doesn't like the pitch or – Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. If it's not the pitch he was expecting, mm-hmm. even if it looks like it's going to be a striker on the outside corner or whatever, he's not necessarily playing defense with his bat, right? I don't see him trying to foul off a lot. No. He's just kind of spitting. He's being like extra selective, maybe, yeah. which might lead to extra strikeouts, but it, it's if that's the case, it's also leading to extra walks. I remember uh, in the 2020 NLCS, I was like ripping my hair out of my fucking head because that's basically what the entire Dodgers team did to us in the back Mm. half of that series they were just like you know what man don't swing at it unless it's like inside a zone inside of the strike zone like they were like just spit on everything else because then they'll start to get nervous they'll start to you know try to be too fine and too perfect and they'll either serve us something up or they'll fucking walk us yeah and i wonder if if that's the type of philosophy olsen has because like you said like with the exit velocity and stuff like that it's i mean Mm. you're getting the results you want and i honestly if (laughs) Part of it, too, with a 261 batting average and a 380 on base percentage, okay, you might be leading the league in strikeouts, but that's apparently also the only way you're getting out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in addition to all that, this is the least amount he's pulled the ball in his entire career by by ten uh, by 8 percentage points. Wow. So 24% pull, 57.4% center. Interestingly enough, although... You know he's had some. He, he's been pretty consistent for center throughout his career. It's it's been fifty three last year, fifty two and a half the year before that, um, uh, and it's this year it's twenty four percent pull, fifty seven point four percent up the middle, and then a career high of eighteen and a half percent to the opposite field. It may be the way people are pitching him now. Yeah. Now that the shift is gone, instead of throwing. Uh, <laughs> Instead of throwing outside change-ups and shit that get him to roll over and hit a ground ball to the right side of the infield, which you know these days is not the same as it was last year because mm-hmm. there's no shift, maybe they're throwing him more heat outside that he's pushing the other way. Yeah. Who knows, right? Um, I, I, they don't really account for all the pitch mix here, although I could look into it deeper. I'm not going to do all that. But it is <clears> – <throat> You know, live on mic, just, yeah. just type through it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, it it somebody Fangraphs does track all that shit. So if you're curious about it, and you want to go look into it. I would be, uh, I'd be thrilled to see that information. But it is, it does seem coincidental that, and we talked about this before the season started about how guys pitchers are going to start pitching dudes differently because the shift's not there. Especially guy like he made more outs in the shift than any other player in Major League Baseball last yeah. year, uh, and now it seems like he's traded that for striking out, mm-hmm. which means they're throwing him high-risk, high-reward pitches in different locations now, yeah. probably, right? And that would explain, like I said, I, I noticed, or I have noticed, he's not playing defense in the strike zone on the outside corner, or on the outside in general, right? No, he's swinging his ass off. If it's a fastball on the outside corner, I haven't seen him take one of those all season. Yeah. Like, he's he's trying to drive that ball to left field. Um, And I think it's because he knows, just like they know, that that's not going to be a changeup anymore. Mm-hmm. Because if he rolls it to the right side, his, hard, his, his exit velo is like 95 right i think that's his fucking average so uh that's probably a hit like 40 percent of the time that's going to be a hit yeah that's pitchers are going to adjust hitters are going to adjust maybe they make an adjustment mid-season and he starts hitting more ground balls but right now he's lifting the ball yeah and um so you like him in the two hole that's still that's fine i think that's fine yeah i mean i because i kind of think so the other the other one the only other person i would put there is darno 
Yeah. If he's in the lineup. I don't think anybody else can hit in that position in this lineup, frankly. And I, I'm sure there's some people who used to or maybe remember, like, Albies hitting in the two-hole back in the day. Uh, but I think Albies is right at, right at home at six. I, four, five, six is where he belongs. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't, like, definitely not to. Not. I, I, like, I love him at six. Mm. Uh, well, with our current lineup, yeah, it's pretty nice having him there because he's got 23 fucking RBI. 23 RBI at six. And, I mean, it, it is the type of thing, too. It's just, like, you get through those first five dudes – Obviously, the first four are going to stay the same in, mm. in Acuna, Olsen, uh, Riley, and, and Murphy. But then, you know, five is probably going to be Darno once he's back. Um, or, I guess, Acuna and then Harris slots in at six. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, you just don't get a fucking break. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that Acuna... Uh, uh, wait, you mean Azuna? Acuna. Where? For what? Acuna to lead off? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. never going to leave there. No. Um, Olsen, Riley, Murphy. I mean, I don't think you can. The top four. I, I would not touch that. Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with that. I mean, I, I I would probably slot Darno in at fifth when he comes back. I think he's the ideal guy in the five spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and because he's could, he's a he's a guy that can fucking sit on a pitch and hit a home run or a double. He's also a guy who it doesn't. There's no like. He's not chasing anything. If you no. throw him low on away, he can punch it through the right side. That's what he's going to do. And yeah. he's, then you got your top RBI guy coming up right behind him. You know what I mean? So, again, that's, this is a fucking impossible lineup to pitch to sometimes. Right. And then seven, eight, nine. Once everyone's healthy, you want some combination of uh, Hilliard Harris and, and uh, Arcia. Arcia or Grissom, yeah. Who, I mean, Grissom's hitting the ball. I, I have been paying attention to him over the past two weeks, and it is what we thought. He either fucking crushes the ball or like his 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 uh median impact his median exit velocity is like either 80 or 100 yeah that's where it is and that's why it sits in the middle there and it makes it look like his exit velocity is kind of shitty on average but it's just because he hits a lot of weak shit and that's that's just being selective right that's that's there a number of things i've seen him doing one is uh taking good pitches early in the count instead of hitting them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody needs you to walk in the seven-hole, dude. Get out there and <laughs> fucking hit the ball, um, which he's gotten better about over the last week. Uh, another thing is he's not a great bad ball hitter. Yeah. Um, like, Austin Riley's got more home runs over the past three years on breaking balls than anybody in Major League Baseball. Great breaking ball and bad ball hitter. Grissom hasn't developed that particular skill yet. So, you know... One and I would the, call that a secondary skill. It anyway. is a secondary skill, yeah, and it makes you better as you go along. And one of the things, like, uh, Miguel Cabrera is always uh, just – he's a freak of nature, but he's always been really good at that, Yeah, fouling those pitches off and not necessarily put him in play. And maybe that's just something you're born with. Maybe it's Maybelline. Who knows? <laughs> um, but Grissom has looked quite a bit better here recently. His defense still sucks. I don't think he can be – I don't – just Had a couple errors against the Astros. Yeah. Yeah, it's like – but that kind of stuff happens. Every now and again, you catch a bad hop or you take her, uh, you try to rush a throw or something and you take her out of the ball for a second and it pops out of your mitt. Um, but the, there's two things that great MLB shortstops have. One is range. And some of it is speed and some of it is instinct. And yeah. he doesn't have either one of those things at yeah. shortstop. The other one is the what, what, what baseball guys would call the internal clock, right? Mm-hmm. You, see, you see great shortstops like Andrelton Simmons, for example, 
You see him rush when he needs to and never rush when he doesn't need to. He just he can feel it. He can feel that base runner going down the line and knows exactly how fast he needs to get to that ball and throw it. Yeah. Right? And Grissom just doesn't have that. And I don't know. I assume he's been playing shortstop his entire career, like from high school. Yeah, I mean, you don't get moved from third to short. Yeah. Right? So it, is, it seems unlikely at this point that he's going to develop that particular skill, frankly. Mm-hmm. I think he would be a great third baseman. Because you don't need that at third base. Yeah. I don't know that he would be a great left fielder. He's got a good arm. Yeah. Um, maybe left field is kind of a – if you're going to – if you're trying to hide somebody that's right. just okay, like if you're a competent – if you're competent at catching and throwing the ball, mm. you can play left field. You yeah. don't have to be great out there. Um, but I, honestly, I, I think they may want to look at trading him. And getting some assets out of him, and yeah. I, not. I think he's going to be. I think he could. His ceiling is like MVP level because he's going to be able to hit so well. But we don't like Austin Riley signed through twenty thirty two. Yeah. I mean, I suppose if you just want to keep developing him and make him a DH, if you don't think he's that useful anywhere in the yeah, you could. I mean, Darno's only going to be around for two more years, probably. Yeah. So maybe that, but. The DH definitely lets you stack positions a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, and right now, for some reason, it's catcher for us. Yeah. Good. It's a good situation, but it's hilarious that that's the position we've stacked. Well, it's hilarious that we have two guys that were all-stars at the position last year on our team and that one of them is currently leading catchers in every offensive statistic, <laughs> like literally every single one yeah. of them, um, except for, I think, walks. I think it's the only one he doesn't lead in, and yeah. I, I think that's real muto. But um, uh, and in addition to that, Hilliard has – uh, one the right to start every day in left field, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, I know that the uh, AJC has been kind of pushing for it. Everybody that writes for them is like, "Hey, take a look at this guy because he's pretty fucking good." Right. Um, and that would give us, man, that might be an historically great defense in the. Oh yeah. Like I'm trying to think of. I don't know. I'd have to look back through. Uh, the Angels had a really good one when they had Edmonds in center. Although his range factor wasn't great, but he he played really well out there. Um, defensive run saved was high. Um, and they had didn't they have Tory Hunter in right field for a couple years after he left the Twins? Oh yeah, I think so. So that might be. And I don't know who they had in left. Wasn't it uh, Darren Erstad or some shit? Or was he gone by then? I don't remember. <sighs> I don't. I don't remember. But either. Darren Erstad was quite good as well. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to go back and look at that, but this would definitely be between Acuna, Harris, and Hilliard. It'd have to be up there, right? I mean, at one point, I know the Braves were putting uh, Andrew Jones in left in 96 with Marquise Grissom in center, and I think Jermaine Dye in right, which was... 96? Did he get traded after... Wait. Dye, we traded Dye. Like, 96 no. or 95? Was he on that World Series team? Who? Jermaine Dye. In 95? No, he wasn't. Uh, but, yeah, in, like, 97 – oh, 98, we almost had a great defensive outfield, but Ryan Klesko was in left. But it was, <laughs> it was Michael Tucker in right and Andrew Jones in center, which were both excellent fielders. Yeah. But we just we just won Klesko's bat. Well, anyways, uh, Hilliard's definitely won the right. Yes. He, he, he 992 OPS right now. Makes every play out there. Makes some plays he shouldn't make. He's, he's at, fast as fuck. He's at, he's got a good arm too. Yeah, he's huge. He's like I mean he's like the size of Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he's like six five two forty. Yeah, or like um, he's a fucking monster. Um, and when he when he barrels the ball, like it's 
I mean, that home run against Kansas City in particular was fucking Yeah, smoke. 458, yeah. I believe. Um, <clears throat> now, here's what I think. I think when he, when everybody's back, Arcia got his cast off yesterday. Yeah. So he's swinging in the cage right now. I don't know if he's going to do a rehab assignment. I would assume he's going to do like a game or two. Uh, Harris is starting his today mm-hmm. at Gwinnett. So he's going to have uh, probably a three-game series. And I, I believe think, this will be Harris's first AAA game ever. Yeah, probably. I don't, I don't know that uh, Andrew Jones ever played a AAA game. <laughs> um, but yeah, he they, there was some speculation that Harris would be back um, for this Met series that's coming up this weekend, I think. Or uh, I'm sorry, when is it? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's next. yeah, it starts Friday. Yeah, um, or today, I guess, since we're pre-recording this. But um, I don't know that he's going to be back that quickly. It may be Saturday or Sunday before he comes back. No need to rush him. No. Um, but I, I really think that they should have um, Hilliard seventh behind Ozzy, double mm-hmm. up on that lefty against right-handed pitchers, and then you know have right, left, right and then slot RC in eight and move Harris back to nine because he 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 it makes him think like a leadoff hitter. Yeah. I, that's just the sense I got last year is that when he's in that position, he's thinking of himself as setting the table for an MVP caliber guy yeah. and Acuna, and it changes his approach. And the home runs he hits – are on accident. They're line drive home runs, and he's still going to hit twenty or twenty five of them. Yeah, and you're going to. I mean, with, with that in your nine hole, that would be that would be what I would do. I don't understand why they're moving him up into the lineup like that. Yeah, I think they expect him to be a thirty homer guy, but I, I would say you know Acuna is a thirty forty homer guy, and you had no problem putting him in the one yeah. hole. Just put him where it works. You know, put him. Obviously, you can't keep Harrison in the nine hole forever, but like he yeah. can't he can't be there. I mean, the, the biggest problem with it is that. He gets less at bats there. Yes, yeah, but because you, I think you get. Is it like twenty five, or fo- maybe it's forty? Forty less at bats per season every time you go down one in the in the in the lineup. It's something like that. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. So you go from having like, I think your leadoff hitter is going to have seven fifty to seven eighty plate appearances, and you go down. It's plate appearances. You go down like forty from there every position in the lineup. Jeez. So, or, or t- maybe it's twenty five minutes less, but either way, you want to get, you want to have your bet, and he's he is one of their best hitters. Although he got off to a slow start this year, you want to have them at the plate as much as possible yeah. for sure. But we're just so deep now that whatever, might as well just mm-hmm. do it. Uh, real quick, got some sponsors. My bookie, go to mybookie.com dot uh, com and use the promo code Drinking Bros to double your first deposit up to one thousand dollars. You put in. 50 bucks they'll give you an extra 50 put in a thousand they'll give you an extra thousand it is an incredible deal go today mybookie.com use the promo code drinking bros we're betting on baseball we love betting on baseball right i do yeah yeah you've been bet any win any recently or because you do parlays i win probably like a hundred bucks a day at a minimum okay just because i'm betting so so many different things yeah, yeah like i'll bet um i'll probably put up like four or five hundred dollars in bets a day and and be up at least a hundred a day give or take it's fun uh, betting on baseball is kind of to me it's going to be like the new thing yeah it's just you know people didn't do it because they're like well it's hard to bet on one individual game like yeah technically but then there's 15 of them a day right and you've got a pretty good idea every single day i mean baseball is pretty chalk as far as that goes mm-hmm. there's not there's not um over the course of the season it's about 65 percent chalk 
give or take, right? Yeah. Which means if you can find good patterns between teams, pitchers, matchups, whatever it is, you're like, okay, I'm pretty confident in these four games today. You can get fucking like 38 to 1 odds on something and put $5 on it. You right. know what I mean? So it's I, I think it's it's a thinking man's betting game instead of just being like, oh, I think Ohio State's better than Michigan this year. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, Which yeah. is, I mean, it makes that game fun too. I just think this is a little bit more deep into the weeds so people who are baseball fans typically are deep into the weeds you either like it because your dad did and you fucking watch in the background or you're like us autistic as shit looking at fucking stats as the game's going on (laughs) and i think those people like us are probably going to want to gamble i would agree um so yeah mybookie.com use promo code drinking bros double your first deposit uh next up i found something interesting um because of uh you know we are familiar with um putting products in stadium because hard mm-hmm. ass seltzer is in uh the rays in tropicana field yep. and at lone depot where the marlins play um you guys you left pro- out the tampa bay rowdies oh yes and the rowdies so go ahead and jot that down boom hit up the rowdies game uh but i found this uh fun restaurant in uh truest that caught my eye because i thought you guys had some problems with uh Major League Baseball, yeah. Language? So, or any, like appropriateness? Yeah, so anytime um, you're going to put up branding inside of a Major League Baseball facility, I don't know the, if this is the case for the NBA and NFL, I would imagine it is also the case. Yeah. Um, it's not for hockey. They let us do, when we when Black Rifle sponsored the Golden Vegas Golden Knights, they let us do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> I don't think anybody cares in hockey. It's very hard to offend a hockey player because they're all like Northern European or Russian, right, right, or Canadian, and they they just apologize when they get offended, so yeah, right. nobody cares. Um, but yeah, Major League Baseball didn't want to have <clears throat> our slogan "Stay Hard" on the the booze stand. Yeah, it's like "Stay Hard." You were okay with hard as fuck, but "Stay Hard" is the one. Stay hard, like hard, like strong, yeah, like, like stay, a tough guy. Yeah. We, it's not about dicks, although we do have dicks everywhere. everywhere. Our logo. Covered, uh, so fair, sets covered in dicks. So fair enough. We didn't really push back too much on this one. But this is almost like doubling down on the weird shit that was going on on the scoreboard a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Right? Uh, the name of this restaurant that has, they have about, I think it's see, 10 locations in the Atlanta. Uh, oh, no, it's all over the country. Brooklyn, Harlem, Atlanta, uh, mostly. I think it's those two. And then Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. So, <clears throat> but it's it's called slutty vegan atl yeah and they're uh at the, if you go to their website at the very top of it there's a banner ad for a fucking cookbook that they put out by <laughs> someone named pinky cole i don't know if that's somebody i should know but i don't the name of the fucking cookbook is eat plants bitch <laughs> which i enjoy to be yeah honest, but uh but it's yeah i mean if you look I, i'm curious now i think we're gonna go to that game on what is it, the 26th or yeah, something on Friday the yeah. 26th? Um, I'm going to go buy this. I'm, I'm obviously not going to buy any vegan food. Because oh, you're not, I, honestly, as far as vegan food goes, this looks pretty good. Uh, look, here's the deal. <laughs> They're trying to make it look like real food. Right. And that's what bothers me. You know what I mean? Nobody has ever tried to take a steak and make it look like a goddamn turnip. <laughs> That's stupid. No one would even think to do that because the steak is awesome. And that's why they're trying to make it look right. like real food. They're, right. sh- they're shitty food. Uh, but I I'm, am going to go by for sure and check out their stand just to see what it looks like because this is pretty funny. I, it like is, this. I mean, even the names of the food. You got a burger called the Menage a Trois. 
uh, chicken sandwich called Chicken Head, which I believe is uh, like southern slash black slang for like a slut. For a fallacious woman. Chicken Head, like you're bobbing your head up and down on a penis. There you go. There you go. Uh, Hollywood Hooker. One Night Stand. Sloppy Toppy. Fussy Hussy Side Ho, H-E-A-U-X, which is a New Orleans... Style crispy shrimp tossed in buffalo sauce. Okay, I mean if it's if it was real shrimp, I would eat that. If I mean, this, this if they had real food at this place, I would definitely go there just because they're talking all this shit. Oh yeah, even they even and then the ones just called the super slut, which yeah. they didn't really try too hard on. I feel no. like, yeah. but the really interesting part is the the children's options <laughs> available at this place that it has it's what Wait, I didn't see that eat, eat plants kids and then, <laughs> and then eat plants kids chicken. C H I K apostrophe N tenders, which is obviously, you know, like fruit spelled F R O O T <laughs> and then in quotation marks. <laughs> I think uh, uh, Futurama did that bit back in the day. But yeah, Sloppy Toppy is one of them, which is another. Is that uh, just like a top who's real drunk? No, a Sloppy to- Sloppy Toppy is code for a sloppy blowjob. Oh, okay. Like you're getting topped off by some whore. All right. Uh, this is a sports show, folks. Not a family show, though, apparently. No, no, no. Um, no. And apparently. Uh, uh, Truist Park is not a family establishment either, because <laughs> they've got some crazy shit going on here. I but this, this reminds me of that. You, you have you ever been to that place in Vegas, X Slut? No. It's um, God, where the fuck is it? I can't remember which hotel it's in. Um, but it's like a breakfast brunch place. It's really good. Yeah. But it's just like it's in Vegas in a hotel. You can do that there. This yeah. is a fucking baseball stadium. Right. Seems odd to me after the pushback we got for Stay Hard. Right. This seems kind of weird to me. But is what it is, I suppose. And then real quick before we get out of here, um, just want to g- get your thoughts on just the standings in general so far. There are a couple random teams at the top. Uh, the Pirates are tied with the Braves <laughs> for the best record in the NL. Uh, I think they said something like the three of the lowest payrolls in baseball right now have like four of the best, four or five of the best records. Um, A's obviously are still terrible. but um, That's not a real team. No. Uh, do you see anything interesting? I. Dan Register Delco was asking me about the Pirates the other day, and I was like, they're not. Well, they've played there. Cincinnati, Boston. I went through their schedule. Yeah, it's, it's pretty uh, weak. Houston, who's been banged up all year. They swept the Rockies. They swept the Rockies. They played Cincinnati again. Um, last night, they got fucking beat late by the uh, Dodgers. I don't expect they'll win any of these games. Gonsolin's, they're, they're going up against Gonsolin tonight. He's tough. And then uh, Urias the following night. But then yeah. they go back and play at Washington. So that'll be fun. I mean, they're probably going to stay in there for a little while. They also just signed, um, what's his nuts? Uh, Brian Reynolds. Is that his name? Yeah. So now there's only three teams in baseball history that have not signed a player to a uh, hundred million or more dollar contract. So, but this is an average. So Brian Reynolds is an all-star. Um, he's a 25 home run guy. Uh, he's gonna, um, he's gonna get on base at like a 350 clip at a minimum throughout his career or at least since he's been starting regularly and they signed him to a 13 million average annual value Mm -hmm. that's a deal you sign knowing that you're going to trade this dude at some point right yeah like you don't he he could have i and i think they probably told him that frankly because otherwise why the fuck would he sign that deal i would not have signed that deal for ten for what was it eight years yeah 106 million you want to stay in pittsburgh for they're gonna i mean they're winning right now but uh I mean the rota- they they have some nice pieces on the field but there's nothing in the rotation. No. I mean they've got Cabrian Hayes who uh is pretty good. Um but their DH is Kutch. He's going to be gone after this year probably. Yeah. Um, 
That uh, Jihuan Bay guy is supposed to be pretty good. He's kind of off to a slow start this year, but it's, uh, you know, it's Major League Baseball. It takes time to adjust. He's 23. Yeah, and they're an interesting team. Hopefully that their owner actually gives a shit. The one, the two teams I'm excited about actually being potentially competent are the Rangers. The Rangers for sure, just because uh, the West has been dominated by Houston for so long. Yeah. Just to have them have to fucking put some effort forth Yeah, uh, throughout the season because the Angels suck. Well, the Angels are at least, it's early, very early, but the Angels are treading water. They're 500, and that's as good as they're going to be. Well, it's, they're only two and a half back because yeah, well, it's early. So it is early, yeah. It, it, that, at least, it's like, all right, man, like, come on, be, in a, be at least in a pennant race. You know what mm. I mean? Like, be at least ri- – like, have Shohei Otani take meaningful at-bats in a regular season. That would be nice. Um, now, on the other side of that coin, Oakland is 5-19. and 19. We're, we're 24 games in, and their run differential is minus 104, which means they're losing games by an average of 4.3 runs a game. It's insane. Even, that's including their wins, by the way. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Just, I mean, even Rob Manfred now is in the media saying, yeah, uh, Vegas is going to be quite a bit better for these guys. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. The city of Oakland has done absolutely nothing to fucking help this team. Oh, you want to know a fun fact I read the other day about the A's uh, owners? Mm-hmm. Um, the dude who bought the Warriors was going to buy the A's. Mm-hmm. Bud Selig was came it? in at the last minute, stopped that sale, just said no, which I guess is a thing. Just said, no, not him. And then made it so that the A's sold to his University of Wisconsin fraternity brother, who is their current owner. Well, he butt-fucked that organization Yep, for decades. Um, I think – I really think that <clears> – <throat> All professional sports, but particularly baseball, because this is the one that's most problematic. Like you don't, there are teams like the Browns who had a rough run for a while, but they were just making stupid draft picks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Johnny Manziel, are you fucking kidding me? At number one, right. get out of here. Um, but there are teams in baseball that aren't even trying to be competitive. Yeah, frankly, the Pirates being competitive this year is is out of the ordinary, to say mm-hmm. the least. Right. Um, <clears throat> I think there should be some there should be some rule where the owners can and, and I don't know if, if they would even do this because they want to beat up on the A's and the Pirates right. you know what I mean but there should be some rule where be like hey you're not pulling your fucking weight yeah, you're you out need, you need you're to out. show that you're trying to be competitive like it's one thing yeah. to not win I think it's bad for the brand yeah but you need honest. to be showing that you're competitive it's fucking crazy yeah. and the only reason the A's would potentially fulfill that is because Billy Bean is such a good general manager mm. that he's dragged them into the playoffs yeah. in the past. Um, but that's all I got for today. I know you got another show coming up in a minute. Yep. Um, so for Dan Holloway, I'm Rob Fox. Go crazy.
not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. 